0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's about the time to check Mike 1212. It is time for the Lunchtime Flow with the Lady Boss Radio Show. I'm your host, Veronica Chanel, and it is an honor to greet you, to come before you once again this Wednesday afternoon. How are you? How is everyone doing? I hope you're having a great day thus far. So listen, I am excited about this show. I'm excited about my guests. I'm getting ready to bring... And present to you all. And oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How are my season saints? How are the season saints doing today? So listen, Season Saints, the whole household of faith, even unto the visitors. My guest that I have today, my co-host, has an amazing testimony that she's going to share with everyone. Let me tell you something. She does not look like where she has been. You understand what I'm saying? She does not look like what she's been through. She does not look like she even ever experienced that before. Um, her measure and her level of faith of faith is going to bless you real good. Her name is Kimbers. She works with J.Lo. Um, she is a creative music director And you have seen her work on Beyonce's back in 2013 Super Bowl performance. And you've seen most recently the halftime show, the JLo performance. You've seen her work. She works with BET Black Girls Rock. This this woman is amazing. She's an African American woman. She's doing her thing, and God is blessing her. God has blessed her. And she has a testimony. And I am so glad that he put in my spirit to communicate with her, to share it with you all. So we're going to get into the music and then, and then I'll be right back after that.
1: Take your shoes off your need to.
0: 96.5 I want to thank you for keeping it locked to the lunchtime flow with the lady Ball show if you're just turning your radio on thank you thank you for listening you know I always say thank you because I do appreciate everyone who listens to my show and then I appreciate you for listening to the station period so if you are on your lunch break if you're in your cubicle with no door or if you're in your office right now with with that door even to those who work from home and for those who can set their own schedules hello how are you doing just in case you did not hear my greeting and my welcome at the beginning of the show so guess what time it is guess what time it is normally I give you I'll give you a hint oh welcome back welcome back welcome back (laughs) That song is very similar to the Welcome Back Carter TV show, which was before my time. I caught their reruns. Yes, but no, it is time for your flashback moment of the day. So sing it with me. Sing it with me, people. Sing it with me, church. Back down memory lane. See, I like that. Now my, my voice sounds much better now. You know how to get it right to do that. So your flashback moment of the day is going um to be dedicated and recognized to by. First of all, we're gonna talk about Miss Jacada Carr. Yes, I know what I just said. Miss Jacada Carr. This song was released back in 2012. Um, she was very young, then the song is entitled Greater Is Coming. And if I don't know about you all, but I feel that in my belly, I feel it in my spirit that there's something springing up inside of me, and I may talk about it in the future or the next show. I have to see something is springing up inside of me that's saying that, you know what, what you're going through now and you're being attacked now is because of your leader. So so same thing I say unto you, to everyone that listens to me, greater is coming, especially if you haven't been before the Lord. Now, if you notice back in 2012, I know Jacada Carr was very young when she came out. And I know the older we get, the more cuter we're supposed to get. The more mature we're supposed to get. Now Jaquetta Carr, from then to now, don't she look like... She
2: is.
0: She is. Y'all need to go visit her um, Jaquetta Carr YouTube channel. Because back in the day, she was looking like a... She wasn't ugly, but she looked like a... She was cute, but it was like a lunchable cute. Now Jaquetta Carr is... a. Uh... Looking like a whole entire snack attack in a Holy Ghost way. Do don't you agree? Okay, I'll be back after
1: this. <laughs> An olive has to go through three stages for it's all to run. It has to go through the shaking, the beating, and the pressing. And just like the olive, some of you may have felt like you've gone through the shaking, the beating, and the pressing. You went through all of that for your own to flow. Now your greater is coming. If it had not been for the shaking, I never would have been ready for the making. Oh, if it had not been for the beating, I would have never knew how anointed I would be. Oh yeah. If it had not been for the prayer, to me.
0: What's up, iWorship96 FM radio, the best in gospel and Christian music. What's up? It's your girl, it's your boo, Veronica Chanel, and this is Lunchtime Flow with the Lady Ball Show. Have you had a chance to visit our new website yet? Huh? Well, why not? Log on to www.iWorship96.com for the latest news, to cast your vote for the daily iWorship96 Top 10, catch the replay of some of your favorite shows, and... For much, much more than that. You already know how we do it here. The best in indie, gospel, and Christian music. I worship at 6FM Radio. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Veronica Chanel, your host of the Lunchtime Flow with the Lady Boss. Radio show. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the Lady Ball show. Just in case you're new to iWorship96FM and just in case you have never heard or seen me before. Well, the Lady Ball show is my baby. I birthed this show back in January 2019. It started on the live stream platform on Facebook Live, Periscope Live, and YouTube Live. Yes, it did. So the Lady Boss Show is all about having discussions pertaining to lifestyle, entertainment, and business. So every discussion topic that I, uh, I bring to the table, any guests that I have on my show, they fit in the lifestyle entertainment or business category so that's what the lady boss show is all about but here recently in october 2019 it transformed also it expanded we enlarge our territory by embracing i worship 96 fm Radio platform, and we have enjoyed. I have enjoyed my stay thus far. So I hope you enjoyed my show. I want to thank you for listening to my show, and I hope you listen next week and be and listen every week, matter of fact. So check us out on Facebook. Lady Ball Show is on Facebook. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, on Instagram as well, and we do have a YouTube channel. So check out the Lady Ball Show. My personal handle is I am underscore Lady Veronica. I like to say this. Go down the street and around the corner and kind of see what, what else is going on within the church, within the body of Christ. Okay, everybody. Switch
3: All right. I worship 96 SM. Thank you for keeping it locked. I have my guest with me today. I am so excited. And I am also humbled uh, to bring this woman to my listeners um, before your presence. Um, the woman that's, worked, that's working behind the scenes with BET Black Girls Rock um, Award Show, as well as she has done work with Beyonce, to even to most recently um, with J-Lo. For those of you who has watched the Super Bowl, I was watching the halftime show. So, if you saw the halftime show, you saw this woman's work um, being played out in front of millions of people. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to welcome Miss Kimberly Burrs. Hey, Miss Burrs. Hello.
4: Thank you so much.
3: <laughs> Thank you for coming on the I Worship ninety six FM radio. Uh, we, I'm excited. I know the listeners are excited um, to get to know you uh, a little bit more. So tell me, you know, tell the, the listeners, uh, where are you originally from, Ms. Kimberly?
4: I am born and raised from Atlanta, Georgia. I am an original Georgia peach or a grit, as they say, which
3: means girl raised <laughs> in the South. <laughs> oh, that's good. Right from, from ATL. Oh, yes. that's awesome. Yes. And so I know you, you travel, though, from ATL yes. to, to California a lot.
4: Yes, I do, um, with, with my family uh, being there. So I just recently uh, got back to Los Angeles from uh, Atlanta. I went home to Atlanta after the Super Bowl because my mother turned a joyous 86 years old. Oh, that's, oh
3: 86. That's awesome. Yes. God yes. is keeping her. That is awesome. Amen. Amen. I I know you just like, every every year she gets to see another birthday, I know you're like, God, thank you for giving her another year.
4: Oh, yes. Yes. Look, I can only at this point uh, pray I get to see uh, an eight and a Mm -hmm. zero. (laughs) Yes.
3: Absolutely. I agree. That'd be a a great blessing. So, Kim, I I would like to know, you know, the... How did you get in the the line of business that you're in and then eventually becoming the the creative music director that
2: you are?
4: Um, Well, definitely as with anything, life, uh, a job, a career, everything is a process. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've been a musician since I was seven. And then I had a love for just entertainment as an early teen and then just staying focused on it and um, making sure that I was around it, involved with it as much as possible. And uh, I first started, in a sense, on professionally on the uh, record company side, um, but still, of course, having all of my musical knowledge with me. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, being a young church musician, played uh, in the band and orchestra at school, and continued on as I got older. Um, and mm-hmm. so. I eventually became an A&R person at uh, Columbia Records, where I was able to then really take my musical knowledge and to sign groups and make records and do things like that. And then it evolved uh, into what I'm doing now. Um, Matthew Knowles uh, gave me the opportunity to um, create uh, and direct the performance of Destiny's Child in Mm 2001 their very first Grammy performance and that's really where my career like this in this uh, area started um, from that one particular show Uh, and then I just kept going Uh, and as it as I continued to evolve and grow in that particular position um, I worked directly uh, for Music World Uh, for some years from 2001 to 2004. And then I became an -hmm. independent contractor where I was then able to work with other acts and it just kept growing from there. And then it turned into situations where uh, I might be hired just to put the show creatively together. Uh, Mm -hmm. There were times where I was hired to put the show creatively and musically together. And then uh, it also gave me a responsibility of just being responsible for what the music uh, and sound component of the show was uh, comprised of. Wow. Well,
3: so you, you started so that one show. I remember you mm-hmm. just said that one Grammy show. And that right there just set everything off. You know, it only takes one, one good performance. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, like you know, one opportunity. Yeah,
4: yeah. It, it definitely was one of those moments where, uh, when that blessing was uh, mm-hmm. given to me, I thought, okay, so my first show is going to be the Grammys, and I thought to myself, well, it, and you've heard it said before, if if God brought it to you, He's definitely mm-hmm. going to bring you through it. So. Um, Absolutely. I, I felt like if I, if I don't do this show right, then evidently it's not meant for me for sure. And I felt mm-hmm. like, well, if I do it correctly and all is well and everybody is pleased, then I was like, okay, all right, Lord, whatever you got after that, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> and so that mm-hmm. was my first show. And I flew right out of that show into um, a show in London called the Brit Awards. Uh, so my first uh, yes. two, mm-hmm. that was, you know, those, those were my first two shows, which the Brit Wardens considered like the Grammys of London. Uh, right. So mm-hmm. it was an, an honor to be involved with uh, both of those
3: shows back to back. Right. That's a blessing. And then the, the music world, the entertainment industry now looks on you and they, I mean, they trust you because they see your work.
4: You know, yeah, and you how know, you're um,
3: able to, to put things together
4: yeah it's a, a um, it's very humbling at the same mm-hmm. time a huge responsibility and every time I'm called upon uh, to help put together a, a show or be involved in a production um, I just always want to make sure of course I do my best job but I want people to be happy um, with the decisions that were made and the things that uh, became of that particular show because um, mm-hmm. it's just like you I take every show as like it's my first um, because people they change staff they change crew they change directors they change things Right. so I don't I, when I leave from a particular job I don't hold the expectations of what's going to happen after that so when I get a phone call that next year to say hey it's coming around again. Uh, wanted to see your availability. I'm always grateful. Very, very grateful. And mm-hmm. I've been blessed to be in this industry and not necessarily have mm-hmm. to give a resume. It's always been from right. one job to the next. And uh, I always tell people God has been my manager for a long time. And, um, I like
2: that. <laughs> I like that. You know,
4: <laughs> so yeah. When, the phone doesn't ring. I'm like, oh, okay. You giving me a break? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, he put,
2: well, he put, you
3: you on PTO right now? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so
2: I like but, that. But, you, yeah,
3: you carry the Lord with you, and He's like, course. you you you're setting Him first, and He's providing for you.
1: And see, yes, that's, um, you know,
3: that's why I, I love talking to uh, people like you, Kim, especially, you know, black women like you. And you can just see God is just caring you and how he just yes. blessing you and all that you do. He instilled that in you and yes. and to see your work. Because I'm, I'm the viewer. I'm watching it on television as it being played, even on social media. You know, I'm sitting there looking at it. I'm like, what? This lady did this?
2: <laughs> yeah. I'll to get her. <laughs> I, was I have to a talk friend to of mine, her.
4: Uh, Not too long ago, I said, um, he was asking me different questions like, oh, you know, um, mm-hmm. have you ever done the Oscars? And I was like, uh, yeah, I did it three times. <laughs> and so wow. the thing, though, is that, I when see, I I didn't know the, that when I was doing the majority of my work, social media wasn't what it is today. There wasn't Mm -hmm. an Instagram. There wasn't um, necessarily the YouTube viewers that you have now um, Mm -hmm. where, you know, you could hold your phone up, take the video, and upload it immediately. Those those things weren't around when I was doing uh, the -hmm. Grammys with Destiny's Child or uh, the Grammys with uh, Jamie Foxx and, um, you know, the Oscar performances that Beyoncé did. You know, social media wasn't what it is now today um, mm-hmm. so sometimes it's almost like I, I as this era ushers itself on in I find myself talking about uh, things that I used to do and people are like oh my gosh you did that oh you did that too oh you did that too so it's almost like, um, I think I'm at like the point I need mm. to make a, a real website for myself just yes, <laughs> so you that, do. Uh, people can just uh, understand the history. Because I feel like an old lady out here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not old.
3: I can tell you that. You're not old at all. Uh, you have earned the respect of the industry, you know, above all, but no you're not old at all yeah. but you do you you need to have like your own website because I was going I was getting ready to ask you which you know takes me into my next question I was going to ask you do you have your own team to assist you uh, with the creative process for these award shows
4: yeah I have several people that I call upon their particular mm-hmm. expertise to help me uh, reach a goal whether it be a music editor music programmer fellow musicians um this different people that help me get to uh, the finish line in, a, in an awesome way and sometimes it's the same people and sometimes it changes up but I don't necessarily mm-hmm. have like employees because every performance or artist or situation it yields its own type of staff so as I embark on a, a project I think okay well who would be best to work with me on this and mm-hmm. you know Kind of go through my mind decks and uh, pull those people out, you know, and make sure they're not busy and, you know, say, hey, I'm getting ready to work on yada yada, and they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm available. Let's let's do it, you know. And mm-hmm. that's kind of in a sense how it kind of comes together. So the staff um, is basically kind of based upon what the artist. Uh, what the artist needs are for the performance okay
3: yeah. oh, okay i see i see cuz I do, I do know you said you use the, um your independent contractor and i know that when you're independent a lot is is bearing down on your shoulders Yeah. Because, but but you know. because you you do the big the the large scale shows which you know all eyes is on this show and i know you understand that so i was wondering like how did she put the pieces together you know, and to, um, to get it to the, the finished product. Well, it always starts with music.
4: Always. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, in what I'm doing because they're musical performances. So mm-hmm. it starts with, you know, what song are we doing? How many songs are we doing? How long are we on stage? So we can know how the length of music we have to have. Uh, do we need transitions? Okay. Uh, are we putting the current single at the end of this, are we just doing the current single? Uh, are we doing any throwback songs? Or are we doing a dance break? It all starts with the music. It's the foundation. Um, mm-hmm. And if you know about, like, building a house or a building, uh, you, mm-hmm. know you have to have a concrete layer come in and lay the concrete slab um, before you can even put up the first piece of sheetrock or or steel frame or anything, you have to have the foundation down before you can build. So, in layman's terms, in a sense or metaphorically, I'm considered the con the concrete layer. So, mm-hmm. in order for the house to be built, it's like, okay, this is the song, this is the length, um, this is how the intro is, and this is how we're ending it, which helps everybody that's involved because now. They can use their talents to build a building, the lights, the structure, how um, many mm-hmm. I mean, people are, you know, I mean, people are living in the house, per se, you know, which would mean dancers or, you know, then the construction can go forth. Um, but the music has to be established on uh, what's going on. And um, therefore, I do understand my responsibility because you have to start with me
3: before you can kind of go anywhere else. <laughs> Wow, I like that. She so so, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, she's the chief. <laughs> she <laughs> In other words, you got to got a Miss Kim.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, you have to stop there first. <laughs> right. So I know with the Super Bowl, Miss Kim. I know everybody that that watched the halftime show. Um, now, recently, that J Lo and Shakira halftime show. I know you was like like I just said, the chief of that. Now, I think you did, correct uh, me if I'm wrong,
2: you
3: did the she, J-Lo's
4: part. Yeah, I did J-Lo's part, but just the, I was responsible for the musical uh, portion of it to hand over okay. to Adam Blackstone. So, I was with her on the whole build-up of what song is first, how we're coming out the gate, what are we, you know, mm-hmm. going to, what are we ending with. Um, that was my musical mm-hmm. responsibility and making sure that all the musical components of what the arrangements were were delivered properly um, to uh, Adam Blackstone, who was hired by the NFL to be the main music person for both sides. So that was my responsibility. And uh, Tabitha Dumo, she was the creative director for Jennifer Lopez, so she was responsible for what what the look of it was. And uh, Paris Goble was the uh, choreographer, and she was responsible for uh, all the choreography and dancers,
3: uh, and all mm-hmm. of those things. That's good. I was so just going to ask you about, about the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a so that Super Bowl halftime is is like a collection of people that bring in all of that together because the whole layout of the stage and the the transitions and how the dancers come they come in at a certain point. You know, I always wonder who who did that. You know, who was in charge of that. So that's a yeah, lot of
4: the work. Talks, Yeah, the beginning talks of what it looked like definitely
3: uh, were with,
4: for Jennifer's side, was Tabitha Duma, who represents uh, Nappy Tabs, uh, which is a, a creative company with her and her husband, uh, Napoleon. Mm-hmm. And they were um, involved in that uh, portion of it. And Tabitha um, basically kind of is the chief as far as all the production is concerned for uh, Jennifer uh, and mm-hmm. coordinator uh, and liaison in, in the sense of all the conversations between j side and in conjunction with uh, Team Shakira's side so she was the, um, the head and then like if you did it like a tree in a sense it was like uh, Jennifer Lopez and uh, Tabitha uh, myself mm-hmm. Clay, um, he was the stage uh, designer of a lot of the props and things that we used, and uh, so it's a it's a chain, it's a team. There's no one person you can pin everything to. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, with Jennifer being the artist and the main person uh, mm-hmm. of importance, you know, for us, uh, she was um, truly a great captain uh, with great vision. And we all just oh yeah connected connected together with her um, to create an amazing amazing
3: show amazing it was and you know she is originally from the Bronx New York and that's yes. where I'm from originally
1: and oh, you know
3: whenever whenever you see someone that comes from your hometown and they rise to a certain level um, you know I don't I don't care what nationality they are. It's like you know, wow. It's it's inspiring, you know, and it makes you. You know, you know, especially and she, she's when really, she she didn't song, like,
2: too,
4: you know, too far I feel from like where all I Bronx Bronx Girls are real, you know. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, yeah. She's very real. She's like, she really is like what the lyrics say to the song. She's very real, and she keeps it as, as 100 as possible. So, uh, yeah, Bronx New York girls keep it 100 at all times.
3: Yeah. Yeah, AKA we AKA we try packaging. to yes
4: yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> even even moving to the south is a, is different, but we still yeah. you still gotta try to maintain you just gotta shift yes. with the culture, that's all. Yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. that's
2: all. <laughs> Understood. So,
3: Miss Kim. I I know you have a. I want you to share your testimony because I saw in September twenty eighteen you posted pictures yes. on your Instagram page. It was you know yes. telling. Your fall, about your testimony, what happened to you? I love this, yes. and and God raised you up, and and to yes. see you now, it looked like nothing never happened to you, absolutely Truly. nothing.
1: Yes, yeah, so I would love um, for you
3: to share with the listeners your testimony. Yes, I'm, and i and let me just
4: preface it by saying I'm just so grateful that He spared my life, um, so that mm-hmm. I can tell, uh, the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, But truly, it is true when you profess and say, I shall live and not die. It's very, your words are extremely powerful. uh, Yeah. And more powerful than I feel like people really understand. Uh, Actually, back in 2017 is when I started to have um, challenges with my health. I've been diabetic for 20 years. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't the best diabetic. I'd take my medicine, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Wasn't really watching what I was eating. You know, of course, in a very high stressful job. Traveled a lot. uh, Ate at all different times. Sometimes took the medicine, sometimes didn't. But over the course of the years, all of that started to take a toll. And in 2017, um, I got double pneumonia, which pushed me into congestive heart failure. And Mm -hmm. I... um, went in because I was having trouble breathing and it was one of those things where at that time I did not have health insurance and Mm -hmm. uh, my best friend uh, she took me to the emergency room and we were there and I said you know girl I don't have no insurance they're gonna hurry up and get me out of here um you know kind of slightly downplaying the whole thing And uh, as Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there and I'm on the oxygen tank machine and they're taking all these x-rays and blood tests and different things. Mm -hmm. And the doctor finally comes back and says, "Okay, Miss Burst, this is not uh, getting better. uh, And we're going to have to admit you to ICU. And I started to think to myself, wait a minute, ICU is like the last place you can go before you get up out of here.
2: So right, right.
4: it's serious yeah so I'm like okay so understood and because and he says what's happening is you have double pneumonia uh, which has started to crystallize and your heart is overworking itself producing fluid that's going back into your lungs and you are currently self suffocating and I was hmm. like okay and so I'm registering this all in my brain he says, so we're going to have to induce you And put the breathing tube down your throat. And so when he said that, I was like, you mean like the tube that goes in my mouth and goes down my throat? And he goes, yes. I said, I'm not doing that. And he says, "Uh, you don't understand. He says, I'm not telling you this to scare you. He says, I'm trying to tell you that it's not about is your heart. Going to stop. It's about when is it?
2: And I said I understand what
4: you're saying. I said I understand what you're saying. But you spoke to me about that when I first came in, and you said that that would be the last resort. I am not at my last resort. And he says, "Um, "You don't understand, Miss Brooks. If you don't have this breathing tube, you're going to die." And I said, "I'm going to die." but not today. And I said, I know that you can find another way. And so, um, at the time he was saying that my respiratory specialist that was assigned to me, she had come back into the room and he says to me, he says, Miss first, um, why are you so against the breathing tube? And I said, because the very life that you are trying to save You're going to take away my will to help you save me. And he kind of looked puzzled and I said, because I need to communicate. I need Mm -hmm. to be able to say words out of my mouth. I need to be able to wake up tomorrow and I need to be able to say, thank you, God, for another day. I need to tell him Mm -hmm. how great he is out of my mouth. I need to tell him, thank you for healing me. I need to tell him that. Uh, despite what's going on, I know that he reigns victorious. I need to say these things. I have to communicate. You don't understand. I said, you put that thing in my mouth. You're going to shut me up. And then I'm going to hear you subconsciously Mm -hmm. say to me that my organs are failing and to call in my family if they want to see me. And that's what I'm not doing. And he paused Mm -hmm. and he was silent. And my respiratory specialist put her hand on his shoulder and said, I tested her blood, I can save her with the CPAP mask um, if we don't do the two. He looks at her and says, well, that's only 50% chance of her living. And I turned to him and then I say, give me my 50%. I said, and I guarantee you, I know somebody who has the other 50. But you have to, oh, give, yes. me 50 you, you have to give me the 50 that you have.
2: Mm -hmm.
4: And so he said, um, I just don't want this to get worse. I said, nobody's saying right now that it's going to get worse. 50% chance is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. I said, if you give give me that, I can show you better than I can tell you what's going to happen. I said, but I have to be able to talk out of my mouth. I need to be able to pray to God, and I need to be able to say amen. And I said, and I guarantee you, the longer longer you keep me in this hospital, people are going to come pray for me. And when they come, Mm -hmm. I need to say amen with them too. Mm -hmm. And so he finally says, okay, all right. But you have to sign this paper that if you go into cardiac arrest, that you allow me. To put the breathing tube in. I said, if you call my name and I don't answer, I said, by all means, you put that tube as far down as my throat as you need. I said, but what we're not going to do is we're not going to do it right now. And so he said, okay. And he, I signed the paper for if it got worse. And then the respiratory specialist, she put a very secured CPAP mask on my face. And It felt like it took every bit of air that I did have away from me. Mm -hmm. And I was Mm -hmm. trying to tell her I can't breathe. And she was trying to coach me as they're wheeling me away to ICU. She's like, you control the machine. You blow out, blow out. And this lady stayed with me for 18 hours. I couldn't talk. Mm -hmm. I couldn't eat. I couldn't take that mask off. But the first mask. I guess, was not really doing its job. So she changed the mask three times. And on the third mask, it was a a mask that covered my whole entire face. And it was blowing air around my face. Um, Like, I felt like air was going in my eyeballs. It was such a strong Mm -hmm. machine. Because I felt like this lady, who I didn't even know, had been motivated by what I had told the doctor... She hooked on to my face and was very, very adamant to make the CPAP mask work for me. And Look at this. 18 hours later, it's mm-hmm. the, the whole day has gone by. And mm-hmm. it's the next morning, and she comes in early. She takes the mask off, and I look at her and I say, do you have to change it again? And she says, no. And she's she's just studied pulling cables and and wires and things off and I said "Um, do I have to wear it again and then she stopped doing what she was doing and she looked at me and she said you don't have to wear this mask ever again oh my god look at god and, and when she said that I just waited for her to leave the room and I just looked up and I said, I knew you were coming. I mm-hmm. didn't know when. Mm-hmm. And they cleared up one lung in about six days, then moved me to a regular room and cleared up the other lung. And after that, you think, wow, guys yeah. you are so amazing. Mm-hmm. And when I left from there, I was just so grateful, A, to have another chance at life. But then mm-hmm. at the same time, I felt like too, you know, when those moments come when you, you feel like God is telling you, okay, sit down for a second. Just sit down. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I'm such, yeah. a, I'm such a workaholic that I went right back to work. And kind of right back to the things that kind of got me in that position and the March after that I um, suffered a seizure and this one put me all the way down and Mm -hmm. that's when I said to myself okay like how much more do you want God to try to get your attention because um, these little knockouts are pretty pretty strong blows. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And so I took the time off then. I stopped. And it wasn't really easy to go back to work at the time uh, because then my body set up what I didn't know at the time, what you call centralized myalgia in my left leg. And Started to slowly lose the use of that leg, and I was very, it was very painful. And during that pain, it's like I felt like, okay, you're gonna have to deal with this pain until you come to your own personal grips about what it is that God is trying to tell you. And so during that time, I really went into a lot of prayer and meditation that I normally mm -hmm, would do as consistently as I was doing because of being so busy. And what it taught me is that not like in a sense like uh, definitely in all in all of our ways, you know, acknowledging He would direct the path. Absolutely. But it's like even down to the littlest things that you would think.
2: Life
4: um, when you're in those still moments to really try to listen for its voice, to talk, just even just to regular talk.
3: Yeah. You know. Yes, I love and, those.
4: <laughs> and it's just like, okay. <laughs> and that whole entire year of 2018 was extremely challenging. I was in and out mm-hmm. of the hospital a good many times until in September... Um, I suffered another small attack and that's when I finally exerted that same faith that I had when the doctor was basically not giving me 24 hours to live I said you know what devil let me tell you something okay you've plagued me this whole entire year but let me tell you something I'm rising up right now and I'm taking back ownership of my happiness I'm taking back ownership of my body I'm taking back ownership of my independence I don't care if you don't like it It, this is not about Mm -hmm. you is about the fact that you really want to have a war okay then the more that you keep me in pain and in sickness I'm going to even call on them even more than now
3: that's right so that's right you're
4: never going to you're never going to win you're never going to win and so when I declared that it's like the wheelchair went away uh my sugar became regulated I got off shots um Uh, it was just a miracle like it all just let go and that's when I understood that life and death are in the power of the tongue period your personal how you feel every day how your mood is what you allow to happen to you what you allow to be said to you it's you're in control of all of that all Mm -hmm. of that in the sense of you know when you stand decree and declare it's a lot of power that people just don't understand that they have you know and you have to really really believe it's one thing to say oh I believe oh I believe I believe but Mm -hmm. it's another thing when you believe and you put it into full action into the in the sense of like when they were telling me we need we need to put you in a small coma and put this tube down your throat. I didn't think mm. twice about to him I'm not doing that. I didn't think twice when I told him that I y'all gotta find another way. I wasn't unsure about anything. I knew mm-hmm. I was sick. I didn't feel as sick as they said that I was, but I just knew that if I had allowed that at that time, and I'm speaking totally for me, not for anybody else, for any reason, this was, this is my testimony. I just knew for me at that time, that was not the answer for me. It just wasn't. And because I just felt like you take away the power of my words. I'm already weak. That's just going to make me weaker. Right. You know, and I feel like when we exert faith in action like that. Right. Oh, he, mm-hmm. he already shows up. But he shows up in such a way like they say supernatural. He like, does. Because
3: that's what he pleases does. him.
4: Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was my testimony for me. I feel like of course you mm-hmm. have way bigger testimony you know uh, than the one I'm even saying but this one belongs to me and mm-hmm. this is my account on what I can stand and boldly say God is real
3: and yes, he, he listens, is. yeah,
4: and he knows mm-hmm. and if you try him he will show you
3: you know <laughs> I, yes, I'm glad you said that. Yes, he will. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he will exactly manifest
4: himself. Uh absolutely. In a way that it's undeniable.
3: Yeah. You know, when
4: that lady put when that lady took that mask for me and she said mm-hmm. she looked, she wasn't even looking at me when I was talking to her at first. I was like, You gotta change it? She was like, No. She just was trying to she had been up with me all night long. And I could tell she was ready mm-hmm. to go home. And, and when I tell asked her and I said, Well, do I have to wear it again? That's when she stopped what she was doing and she looked at me and said, "You don't have to wear this ever again."
3: Wow! You improved so much overnight. 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 And she and she saw it. Yep. Overnight. Mm Mm-hmm.
4: Overnight. And I just can't tell you if I had agreed to that particular. Decision that the doctor was. Suggesting to make. Mm-hmm. I just. I didn't agree. I just didn't agree. You know. And. I told him too. I remember telling him. I said if I lose my life. Tonight. It would be because. That's the way God wanted it to. But if so. I want to go mm-hmm. out. on On a decision. I made. And not you. Right, and that's when he surrendered, and mm-hmm. he said, "Okay." I know he didn't know what was going on. Yeah,
3: yeah. And um, and that 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 is so awesome. That I mean that, that's why I wanted you to share, um, to bring to life that post that you put on Instagram in 2018. Oh
2: yeah.
3: oh uh, yeah. Because that, I I saw nothing but faith, and that's something that God's been dealing with me with is faith. That, mm-hmm. that is something no one can touch. And even Nothing. even the doctor, was, I know the right. doctors, they are very educated in what they do. They have to be, even the nurse right. as well. But they, they, that education can't touch faith. Yeah, that faith is more powerful than, than him putting the tube down your throat. And if it, yeah. I mean, you have a witness. <laughs> you have a witness in front
4: of you you know but it and my it takes my best friend to tell you uh mm-hmm. what it looked like because she was looking and listening to the entire thing as it was going on because she had to be the one to tell my family nobody was with me family wise in the sense or even knew what I was going through I just woke up, and, and she had texted me because she knew I didn't feel well the other day. She was, she said, how do you feel today? I said, well, I'm having trouble breathing. She says, okay, I'm coming over to pick you up. you know." And mm-hmm. I didn't even go to the ER right off. I went to the uh, urgent care
2: because,
4: you know, mm-hmm. uh, you don't have insurance. You're like, I don't want that bill. Let me go to urgent care right quick and
3: uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's mm-hmm.
4: see, see, if they, see if they can fix me. And I went in there and he was listening to my lungs and he says, You need to go to the hospital. And I said, Why? He says, I don't hear any air in your lungs. You need to go right now. And he was like, Do you want me to call your ambulance? I was like, Mm-mm, My friend here, she going to drive me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, people don't like that you know, ambulance ride now. Mm-hmm.
4: I'm not, you know, it's, it's like, come on, <laughs> we don't got to do all that. Uh-uh. I know mm-hmm. they cost $700 i I can ride one.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: You know, and so even then I was just in denial of the whole thing about it being as sick as I was, you know. Um, and then when I got there, I wasn't even. You know, you're not expecting for them to say, "Uh, this doesn't look good," you know. And that's what he was saying. Mm-hmm. And in my brain, I'm like, okay, well, what? But to you, doesn't look good. You know, explain that to me, you know. And when he was talking about inducing the, the coma and putting the tube down my throat, I just I just couldn't see it. I couldn't right. visualize it. I couldn't see me pushing through it. I couldn't see me being strong enough to handle it because mm-hmm. I was weak, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I just felt like that's just going to make me weaker, mm-hmm. you know. And you're actually right. talking about, you know, my my heart is weak because it's overworking itself. It's gonna really overwork itself. You put that in me, I feel. it, You know, because just from the anxiety and stress of it being there. Right. It's the mm-hmm. To calm down from, you know, so I just, in my brain, I just could not see what he was trying to tell me. Mm-hmm. And when Mm-hmm. My respiratory specialist said she that I had enough oxygen in my blood to help save me. That's why I was like, "Hey, that's why the Lord gave it to us." Blood, mm-hmm. right? Thank God. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll take that fifty percent chance you're giving me, and then I'm going to mm-hmm. talk to somebody that I know has the the other fifty. So yeah, need,
3: uh, none, that, of us, none of us need to worry. Yeah, that that was yeah. You displayed you displayed faith so much, and you meant what you said. And to God, yes. He knows that. He heard you. Absolutely. I I, I, I yeah. had no shadow
4: of a doubt. Mhm. Because I I was I was boldly speaking to them, and then at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, it's kind of like the. The three Hebrew boys. It's like, okay, you're gonna throw us in the fire furnace. We're still not gonna bow mm. down, you know. Mm-hmm. And if we die from the fire, guess what? God is still God. <laughs> so, that's exactly. I if I if I don't make it through this decision I'm making right now,
3: it's because that's how it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know. But
4: I just I just knew. I was like, I'm I know God got fifty percent. If y'all saying y'all got the other fifty. percent he really got the 100, but I'm just saying, if that's all you need is 50, oh, I know he got 50.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. He got he got everything.
4: He yeah, got the 100, honestly. <laughs> yeah,
3: absolutely.
4: And he actually yes, came I, through with the the 100, uh-huh. Uh, you know, after he gave the 50 to get me off of the mask, it's like... Then uh, he came through with the one hundred. You know, after that. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
3: yeah
4: because I
2: mean,
3: like, look at you now. Right. It, it, you don't. You don't even look like anything. Was has happened? Like, like nothing took place. Right. And to, and to just see you working, you, and then who would have thought you working the Super Bowl? You know, this, right. I know it's, it's not your first Super Bowl. I know.
2: No. But no, you, it's not. you
3: had the Super Bowl and. I mean, it's like, so this, this is why I'm, I'm so glad um, that, that that God put you in my in my heart and in my spirit to contact you and get in contact with you to get you on this uh, on the radio show because that yeah. that right there, your testimony, your life, it's, it's going to touch somebody in such of a way. You're going to cause somebody's faith to increase just just from listening to you.
4: And to God be the glory for that. So any any anybody that I can help who may be down or questioning their faith at at this point in time, you just have mm-hmm. to hold on. It does it it doesn't mean too that all of us that are believers we all have those days that mm-hmm. not that we question not that we question God in the sense, but we have those days that we don't feel as strong. And so if my testimony can help anybody be strong when they're weak then God be praised you know and there are challenges that sometimes I still have with my diabetes Mm -hmm. and physically from my leg having that centralized myalgia the football field actually was very very large of course so I needed assistance getting around uh, Mm -hmm. the field the field to work but the main thing is that I was able to go to work and I was able to do the job And I was able able to have assistance, you know, and and help. And there was a a time, too, during the Super Bowl that uh, I got a little ill. And Jennifer Mm -hmm. actually allowed me to go uh, to her doctor to be seen. And he took care of me to get my energy back in place so that I could finish the Super Bowl race, as to say.
3: You know, Mm -hmm. but
4: the thing is, is that it's not what it used to be. I'm not... Where I was. I'm not.
3: Amen. Right.
4: You know, I'm not sitting here contemplating, am I going to see tomorrow?
3: You know. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm seeing right. And, tomorrow. And the main thing, the main thing, you're,
4: you're alive. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm seeing tomorrow and the day Right. After that.
3: That's <laughs> and, and, and the main thing. Right. And <laughs> to hear, to come so close to death, and you're saying, no, no, I'm, I'm going to live. And and now right. what? Two years later, you're still here. From from yes. that incident, you're still here. That still see here. that is that is the power of faith. Absolutely, that's the power of faith. Wow! Absolutely. I got I, I got I, I am so thankful, Miss Kim, that you um, you came on the show to, to talk with me and to share your story on the, to the listeners of um of I worship ninety six percent because uh, people you know that in some people are intimidated by, you know, those of your on your statue that's in your line of business. Um but yes. you, you gotta keep in mind they they work hard and and people don't realize they have a testimony. People don't realize they look at they look at oh that's that's Miss Ken Bruce. She has a testimony though. She <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> testimony. Definitely-
4: Definitely have yeah. a, a testimony. Definitely have a testimony, and I'm and I'm grateful for it. Very grateful mm-hmm. for it. You know, because if mm-hmm. I want to brag about anybody or anything, that's definitely something I want to brag about. How God takes care of me, my family, yeah. and all those around me, and the people that work with me, and how oh. He blesses me in my career, my going in, my my coming mm-hmm. out, my everything. Mm-hmm. You know, He, he blesses it. He
2: blesses
3: it all, and I'm I'm grateful. Yes, and I'm I'm thankful for your for your level of faith. You know, just talking with you and having you on the show that has blessed me just to just to hear your story more in detail, um, to bring that to life. And so, thank you so much for coming on. I worship ninety six FM radio. Okay, we we will be right back after this show.
4: Thank you.
0: All right, everybody. Now, wait a minute. Just listen to the music. Du, 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 du. You know when you hear that music, that is your cue to know like, oh, the show is almost over. Yeah. Usually, this is the time that I do the virtual newsletter of the day. But instead, instead of me giving you the sweet tea and any updates in less than five minutes, Instead, I want to say this. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I turned the turned the, the number of songs that I usually play on my song. I kind of turned that down a little bit. Because I wanted to um, let Miss Kim Burst have the floor. And I want her to share her testimony and um, her background, her, uh, her, her life, her experience to everyone. Number two, and a reason two. I wanted you guys to just buy her testimony to gain strength from it. That you, I hope your faith went up another level uh, for you, or if you believe in for somebody else. What you know, just remember your words have power in it. It does. Your words have power in it, and what makes it more powerful is when God comes in, the Spirit of God comes in, and puts a stamp of approval on it. You never know. You never know what you're going through could be the very thing that can help save somebody else's life in the future. Because what you're going through is for you, yes, but it's also to bless one, one another. Remember that we gain strength for one another testimony. Is it, isn't it written? Isn't it written to tell of the goodness of God, the goodness of Jesus, one to another? We gain strength for one another. That is the purpose. That's what we're supposed to do when we um, edify and glorify God. We tell people what God has done for for us. So hopefully those who are not really, um, at the moment, interested in serving God, you never know. They could be silently, quietly um, pondering and thinking about the name of Jesus. You know, just make sure you let them know, no, you're not. Perfect. No, you're not um, all that. But I know a man named Jesus, who's who is without sin. And baby, he is all that. He look. Let me tell you something. He's greater than a snack attack. All right, y'all. Catch me on Instagram. I am underscore Lady Veronica. Um, YouTube, the Lady Ball Show is up there. Also on Facebook. And I'll see you all next time next week, right here. Season 6.
2: Halle.